Welcome to this episode of Janet Today, Janet Tomorrow, Janet Forever, the podcast where two cousins discuss all things Janet Jackson. Today, we're going to spend the show in celebration of the 30th anniversary of Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation and talk to a special guest and Janet Jackson superfan, Mr. Elgin Charles. My name is Courtney, and I'm here with my cousin. Cousin Cam. Miss Jackson was hit the road in celebration of her 30th anniversary of Rhythm Nation. The first stop that she made was in Minnesota on September the 14th, 2019. It was a sold out show at Treasure Island Resort and Casino. And she actually did a 90 minute set for her fans performing all her hits. And she even brought out a couple of special guests. <laughs> yeah, it was a really special show. So it was her returning to Minnesota, not quite Minneapolis. I think they were like 50 miles or so outside of Minneapolis um, for this particular show. But it was really like a celebration of getting to her roots because, as we know, Rhythm Nation was recorded. Um, right there in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And of course, where her dazzling duo, Jimmy and Terry, like to me, Jimmy and Terry belong to Janet. Like, even though they've done all these amazing things that are not Janet, like when I think of them, I'm like, they belong together. Like, the, this is the trio you want to see. So that was really special. Yeah. Anytime I see, I call them three the hard way, Jimmy, Terry, and Janet, I just get excited because it's just like it's kids on the playground having fun and it kind of took you back to I guess the good old days with them you know of how it all started so I was just glad that she brought them out. I caught a bit of the show there weren't as many clips as you know usually people are posting to social media left and right and I didn't find as much as usual but what I was able to see I really enjoyed she had different outfits different band configuration different dancers this this show she had I read that she had six dancers but when I looked at it I was like it looked like there was only five dancers to me and then there were um, the band was uh, considerably smaller uh, but there were pyrotechnics, outfits changed. So even though I know this is the Rhythm Nation celebration for the 30th anniversary, mm-hmm. it really looked like an homage to 90s Janet with the plaid um, that she, is reminiscent of like some of her performances on MTV during the Janet period era. Lots of layers, lots and lots and lots of layers. Hair was a little different. I really liked her hair. And she was, she was giving it to you. Like that moment you described uh, during like the control, what have you done for me? Nasty kind of medley. I think they came out on what have you done for me lately with Terry on the bass and Jimmy Jam on the guitar. And it was just, listen, it was like, it does my soul good every time I see them together. So I was excited about that. Yo, the Kita. <laughs> yeah, when I saw the clip, I was like, where did he find that thing from? <laughs> but he was playing it. He was playing it hard. <laughs> they were playing for real, though, right? I feel like they, like the band, their volume was on like nine and Jimmy and Terry's volume was on 34. Like they were really <laughs> out yeah. there doing it. I wonder it. when was the last time they actually were on stage like that before? Like when was the last time they could, you know, really do that on stage? Actually play music? I don't know. Because remember several years ago during Unbreakable, her stop in Minnesota, they came out and presented like, wasn't that when they named uh, like Janet Jackson Day in Minnesota or whatever? Mm-hmm. I can't remember the date. Yeah. But they came out and presented that to her. So they were on stage together. But I don't know that they have like jammed together like that. Shoot, probably since the Grammys in 1987. <laughs> and look, they can give the young kids these days a run for the money because they were moving. They was they worked the whole stage. I was just like, I was like, all right. Listen, Jimmy and Terry was living the life, okay? 
they had as much fun or more than she did. Now, they probably had to soak afterwards. <laughs> Man, why I go so hard that night? <laughs> yes, but, yes, yes. Um, the band did rock. They sounded good. And I just think that Jenna is becoming, I think she's owning the second stage of her career. It's like, I'm not trying to compete with nobody. I'm in my own lane. I know how to give a good show. So I'm going to you know, do my dates and make sure that my core fans and my fans and even new fans get the experience that they came to see. So I'm just glad, you know, she's not trying to be someone else. She's she's Janet. She knows what she does best. And she does it well. And just, you know, kudos for just once again selling out another, you know, another date. I liked the smaller number of dancers. They were crisp. It was just pretty clean show. I do have some questions about the band. And I don't even know if I want to say this. I'm just still working under the suspicion that like no one is actually listening to us. So it's just me and you talking. I feel like this band keeps getting smaller and smaller. But the sound keeps getting bigger and bigger. <laughs> Some don't add up. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> it's just going to be Janet and DJ active in another hour. Well, well, what had happened was... <laughs> right? <laughs> they about to be a quartet. Like, I don't know what is going on. <laughs> but I ain't mad. That saves on the budget. I listen. One thing I will say, too, is like if we if we go like fast forward to the show in San Francisco, which was another sellout. She sold out the uh, Chase Center, mm-hmm. uh, 18,000. That's mm-hmm. pretty darn good. Pretty darn good. We fast forward to the following week. So on September 21st, which was a huge day for Janet, she opened Chase Center. Um, sellout show, 18,000, continuing to set records. And we talking about Janet had a first, y'all. <laughs> first woman to sell out the Chase Center in San Francisco. I know it was 2019, but hey, I'll take a first. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I do, though, like, I don't want to be the party people. I just do want to point out that she was also the first woman to play at the Chase Center. (laughs) But a sellout is a sellout, right? And a first is a first. (laughs) And her name will always be in the books. Exactly. A first is a first and a sellout is a sellout. So I'm excited for her and I'm just excited that she's continuing to stack up these records. And that show, again, very few clips, but I watched that show. Um, one of the things that really struck me was not only was it full, but people were like mm-hmm. fully engaged. Like, I don't know if you saw the scene where everybody had their cell phones mm-hmm. lit up and like the whole building was just like a glow. And then there was another section where she sat down and sang again. The The audience was singing louder than her and she just like stopped singing and was just like enjoying it. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, might as well rest those vocals. <laughs> <laughs> we talking about a full show here. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it was so loud. Like, I promise everybody in there knew the words and was singing for their life. But you know what I just thought about? <laughs> if it was like, if I was in the crowd, when it got to again, I would be in that one person just mouthing something because I really don't know the words. <laughs> you don't, you don't know the words. <laughs> I really don't know the words. So I'd just be like, you. I know the words to again. But if any of my other jams come on, like, you know, Pleasure Principle or So Excited. I can't help you at all. <laughs> hey, but if 
If come on, <laughs> feedback. Oh, I got you. Sexy, Mm-mm. sexy. <laughs> well, I'm here for it. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. And thank you for seeing the first woman because that was my first, like, that was my first um, pet peeve. Like, I couldn't even retweet people. Like, I try not to be like a language purist because the purpose of language is for us to communicate. And as long as we can understand each other, then that should not be a big deal. But there were too many things going around talking about the first female to sell out female is an adjective it has to modify something so if you don't add anything you have not you're not talking about a human (laughs) and I'm just like I don't know why nobody ever says the first male no one ever says the first male but we will say the first female instead of the first woman whereas we would not Mm -hmm. say the first male Mm -hmm. so I appreciate you saying the first woman because it was grating on me and I know people don't mean any disrespect like I know that but ooh, it grates on my nerves. <laughs> like female, what dog, cactus? What? I don't understand. What are you talking about? Oh, I knew we were gonna go. <laughs> I, knew, I knew this conversation was gonna go there. <laughs> but anyways, it was a good night. It was a good night, and I think fans. I don't know. I, can, can I say this without stepping on toes? Just a little bit. Can can we just? We can be one on one right here. <laughs> I'm gonna say, say what, what you need, need to say. To say. But there were a couple of fans that were just a little, wasn't embracing the moment. Let me put it like this. They wasn't understanding how, how, how impactful Rhythm Nation was. And the fact that 30 years from being released, it still has more meaning now than ever. You know what I'm saying? Sadly. Sadly, yeah. yes. And I just felt like some fans may have been focused on too many other things other than just the moment you know what i'm saying it's like if i saw dr king give a speech i would not be focused on what tie he wore i'll be like embracing oh i'm in this church that this time i'm watching him give this speech i'm watching how his voice i'm in the yeah. Right. I'm just in the presence i'm lucky to be alive in the time of yeah yeah because the first time i saw janet the first 10 minutes i was like oh that's janet <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't so some fans were just wanting to point out clothes wanted to point out dancers wanted to point out this was she moving fast enough I'm like when you do a 90 minute show you just don't take off at 30 no 60 miles per hour yeah you build it up you know what I'm saying build it up she got enough hits to make it work i was just like chill y'all show love i agree there there was some negativity around it and i struggle because like you have the right to feel the way you feel about a thing but i saw some folks especially on twitter and facebook which you know i try to stay off facebook because i feel like it's a toxic war zone over there (laughs) but (laughs) but on Facebook as well, I saw like people who claim to be fans, but who really couldn't find anything positive to say. Right. And I'm not here to judge whether you are a fan or aren't a fan, but I, I would like to point out two things. One, Jen is in a very different place in her career. Mm-hmm. And so expectations should be different. Like she's, to me, still putting out a stellar product. Like her shows mm-hmm. are thoughtful. They're real crafted. She's performing at a top level. Everything, I think, sounding better than ever. Like they got the audio just right. And, you know, because sometimes mm-hmm. you struggle to hear her past the music. Mm-hmm. Everything is hitting on all cylinders. But is it is yep. it a step? Is it a notch down from like maybe the 90s? Well, 
Yeah, because it's 2019. So like you've got to adjust your expectations. I still think she is giving a stellar show and I would be hard pressed Mm -hmm. to name performers that I would prefer to see. I couldn't name anybody that I would prefer to see over Janet today. Having said that also too, I think you really got to acknowledge that like everything isn't for everyone and all things are for a season, right? So if you, and again, not judging fandom because every decide for yourself, like we're all adults. The scale has tipped where everything you say about the person you claim to love is negative. You should maybe leave that relationship. Like you may have run its course because we do like our taste change. We evolve. The person we love evolves. We evolve. Sometimes it doesn't go together. That's life. And so if it becomes like this toxic thing where like every time you see this person, you're filled with negativity or you have something negative to say, Mm -hmm. maybe that relationship has run its course. And the beautiful thing about it is if that's the case, like unlike a real relationship, like with your husband or wife or spouse or boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. If that's the case, if you prefer 90s Janet or early 2000s Janet, that Janet is still available. You can go to YouTube. You can watch the videos. You can get the CDs. You can listen to the music. You could do whatever you want to do. Like she got vinyls. You can buy all of those. You can get all of that. You can still have the Janet in a bottle because it's like you all want her to be in a time capsule and be that thing all the time. But she's a human. But you can still have her. In a time capsule, you can play that. You can play Janet Pier. You can play the Velvet Rope. You can play Twenty Wild to your heart is content. Mm-hmm. But she isn't the album. She's a person, <laughs> and so the albums won't change, but she will. And you can choose to accept her as she is now, or you can just stick with that. Like that's your choice. But I think we treat people like products, and she's not the album. She's the person. The album is the product, and if that's if that's the product that you're seeking, you should play that album. And I can't follow that up. That was perfectly done. <laughs> the doors of the church are not open. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> woo. I didn't woo. I didn't mean to stay so long. Isn't that what they say when they get Oh, I didn't come to Terry. I didn't mean to stay so long. <laughs> So, yeah, everybody's entitled to their opinion. She did get some good, good reviews. She also got some sketchy reviews. Um, And some of the reviews, like one of the reviews from the Chase Center performance, it was published in Riff Magazine. Um, The author's name is Tony Hicks. And I'm just going to tell you the title. Y'all can look this up on yourselves, but I'm going to tell you why it was a problem for me. So it's from Riff Magazine. And uh, the title was Janet Jackson goes through the motions, but recovers in time at the Chase Center. And like the whole article is just filled with like slander and then alternating slander and backhanded compliments. It'd be like slander, just straight up slander. And it'll be like, fortunately, she's professional and star power enough that she can turn it on when she wants to she did kind of wait late and just went through the motions but then when she came alive it was fire and i was just like he was almost reviewing it as though one he had never been to a janet jackson concert because he was complaining about the medleys also two he was complaining about he was saying that she wasn't dancing as much as you would expect from the clips that i saw like she is definitely toned it down like there is still there's definitely less dancing but i need y'all to just be realistic about human capabilities right like for whatever reason we think janet is gonna still be the janet of the 90s however we expect that a basketball player's shelf life is 10 years right like they're both athletes high performance athletes and so she's still giving you a great performance and so i'm just very confused by people's expectations of her 
And I'm glad you brought that up because as like I just want to know your opinion because I like the melodies because I, it gives me a variety of, you know, being able to sing the songs that I like, but it also gives her a chance to fit more songs into the set list. And I have no problem with the set list. I mean, I think it's good for the show. And plus, you know, she had metamorphosis. She did a more longer versions, you know, there. So I don't have a problem with it. I think that he just don't understand how the Janet shows go. Now, I know you probably got a pen about it, but do the melodies like bother the, you? The medleys are starting to grate on my nerves. <laughs> but <laughs> what? <laughs> wait a minute time out you gotta explain yourself on this i don't like to say these things out loud but um you know if you ask me a question i'm getting that's why she my cousin (laughs) i i uh (laughs) well two things one i think medleys are good because at this stage in her career with the discography that she has a medley is the best way to give every there's something for everybody like she covers all the eras. She's got music from every space. So I think if you come to a concert and you are a Janet Jackson fan, a casual Janet Jackson fan, you don't have to worry that like your song isn't going to be played because she's going to get it. I mean, it might be a minute or you might be lucky and get it two minutes, but your song is probably going to be there. Having said that, though, I could go for because this is a shorter run and it's in celebration of Rhythm Nation. I could have gone for a more mm-hmm. um, curated song list and more in tune with Rhythm Nation. I could have gone for full out all 12 songs from the Rhythm Nation album and then other songs that she would have oh. that might be of that vein. And by of that vein, I mean like new agenda or mm-hmm. even something like that's the way love goes. Because when you get to the mm-hmm. end of that album, when you have love will never do, like that's the way love goes is a natural segue into that so just something more thoughtfully curated around the theme and that would allow you to do longer songs but you know I also don't like marble cake because I feel like marble cake is an abomination and that's what these medleys are becoming it's like trying to have something for everyone and nobody's really happy (laughs) it's like I don't did you just to marble cake yeah marble cake is an abomination Cause it's like it's like trying to appease people who like chocolate and who like vanilla, and I'm like just either make two cakes or like pick one. I don't want this. So <laughs> that's yeah. A, look, okay. That's a first. Maybe maybe like gum. No gumbo's good though. Marble I was gonna say jambalaya. No jambalaya is good too. No, I can't think of anything that's like a mixture of too many things that's bad except for marble cake. <laughs> Okay, I see your point of view. Since it is a celebration of Rhythm Nation, maybe more all of Rhythm Nation, maybe throw in, like you say, that's the way love goes. I say together again because it has a message. It has a message. So, yeah. And all of the light, light, like she could have still done some of the light things like R&B junkie and those types of things because that still fits like when you think about escapade, right? Like it's like light and fun. She could have done when I think of you because again, same vein, light and fun. But yeah, I just would have liked to have a a little more focus on the theme, but I'm not complaining because again, listen, I'm just one thrilled to be of the time of Janet Jackson and that she's still performing. Like she's still doing this y'all and she don't have to. Now, one thing I am glad is like so much love was was shown for the 30th anniversary of Rhythm Nation and it actually had me like reminiscing about about the CD 
And I was like, wow, like 30 years old? I was eight. <laughs> 30th anniversary. Isn't that a trip? Isn't that a trip? Yes. And then I was like, let me just listen to it. So I put Penelope Store playing and I was like, oh, yeah, because Come Back to Me brought back memories. And I'm just like, oh, love will never do. And I was like, you know what? I almost forgot how iconic this this whole project was the whole <laughs> thing from beginning to end yeah i mean all the recognition was really well well deserved mm-hmm. i promise you every publication mm-hmm. out there jumped on it like shondaland even published an article at like 7 p.m i think they looked around and they were like we the only outlet without a jenna jackson story today but i'm telling you rolling stone billboard and we're going to talk about that billboard article in a minute but rolling stone billboard spin People were publishing old articles about their reviews from, you know, when it came out in 1989 and very smart brothers. Like everybody, every outlet had a story. And I had to think like this was groundbreaking. Like that album generated then record. I'm not sure if it's still the record. It might be, but seven top five singles from a single album and album only had 12 songs. (laughs) You know, it was the best selling album of 1990. And to date, they're saying it sold probably around 12 million (laughs) copies. But I think that number is probably higher. Yes, it is. <laughs> and this is during the time where you had to physically go get a copy. <laughs> yes. And so, some of us had multiple copies, too, though, because like I got it on cassette when it yep. first came out. And that was right in the transition when we was going from the Walkman to the Discman. Yes. So then when I got my Discman, I had to go buy the CD. <laughs> it, it was I mean, you had to show your love. You had to go get it. And yes. I was like, wow. And I was just sitting there like, man. And I even watched like an old Arsenio Hall clip where he was, um, she was getting ready to rehearse for the tour. And I was like, man, you know, just she looking at. She was everywhere. Yes. She was everywhere. And everybody wanted a piece of Janet. Yes. <laughs> you know, everybody was trying to get her on their shows, uh, on their set, just trying to get an interview, a picture, a glimpse. I mean, it was Janet World, and we was just trying to get a piece of it at the time. Seriously. Yeah, yeah. And you know what I remember from that time? It was funny because, like, this was before, because, like, the Janet album is when she really just took over mm-hmm. MTV. Rhythm Nation album, she was still really dominating black media. Like, she was on every <laughs> black magazine. Ebony. She was, you know, Arsenio Hall, who was, like, our late night king she was video yes. soul video vibrations like <laughs> everywhere <laughs> yeah i think even like donnie simpson did a special where he like went to her tour dates and interviewed her or whatever like it was people was all janet all the time and i don't blame them because she was just she was on fire mm-hmm. she had that great run with the swept the billboard awards like every major category she literally carried off all the awards for rhythm nation yeah she but she did it with a smile she was always thank you (laughs) i got my awards because she had done something monumental with this where everybody expected her to just kind of follow up control with something very similar she did an about face and nobody was ready and that was at the time too where like there was no there wasn't really any indication of what the album would be like i there was nobody was leaking anything and the first single which everybody heard was miss you much so when the whole album dropped 
and you got to hear all of the songs. It was quite a surprise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she, and I'm glad you brought up the fact that everybody was waiting for another control. She actually had a little tug of war with the record label. Like, no, I'm not doing under control too. This is my vision. This is what I want. And this is going to be Rhythm Nation. And remember, Rhythm Nation, most of Rhythm Nation videos were black and white. I think yes. only what Escapade was in color. There was a color, color version of Love Will Never Do, but I don't think I don't think it came out initially. Look, I've never seen it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it looks very sepia-toned. <laughs> Look, I'm not missing nothing. No, it, they, yeah, I don't, I don't know that it's, it, it actually doesn't add anything. There was a reason behind it because her statement was by feminine black and white, our tones, how we see each other. There's not a, a major difference between us, you know, because we all really are one human race. And I'm like, Janet was deep. You know what I'm saying? She was listening. They was doing it. They was doing it. Some of that stuff was reverse engineered, too, though. Like, I think the color <laughs> schemes and everything was, like, out there. But also, too, I think they, like, acted their way into this because the earlier songs that were recorded were love songs. Like, they did Miss You Much. They did Love Will Never Do. Like, those were the first songs for Rhythm Nation. And then they started recording more of the socially conscious things as they were just together and watching the news and, you know, starting to write songs about what they were talking about in the studio and the album kind of started to take shape around this social justice. The love songs were last, but they were actually first. They just were presented last on the album. That's when you, that was like, yo, oh, that was the slow jam part. That was like, hey, hey. <laughs> yes, you flipped, flipped that tape over. <laughs> to talk about um, a ranking that you saw on Billboard or... Yes, yes. So on September 19th, um, Billboard published an article, Jenna Jackson's Rhythm Nation 1814 Turns 30, All the Songs Ranked. And I clicked on the link. I was clicking on all the links. But honestly, y'all, I couldn't even read it all. Like there were too many articles about Janet Jackson on that day. So there's a lot of them that I got bookmarked, but I just didn't get through. Um, but this one I actually opened and then immediately closed because it said all 12 songs ranked. Song number 12 was living in a world they didn't make. So I knew right then. <laughs> <laughs> I need to read any further because this list is incorrect. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> okay, what number should that song have been? <laughs> At least tied for number five. I just don't even know how you, because like, listen, it's got at number 12, living in a world they didn't make. Number 11, Someday is Tonight. Really? 10, State of the World. <laughs> Nine, Escapade. <sighs> I know everything can't be number one, but this is not, Miss You Much is number six. What? Six. <laughs> six. That's your number one jam. It's number six. He should be fired. <laughs> yes, yes. So, like, I'm going to ask. So, I named all of them. So, the last four songs remaining are Rhythm Nation, All Right, Come Back to Me, and Love Will Never Do. Which of those would you say is number one? You know what I'm going to think is number one. <laughs> Rhythm, right. Rhythm Nation should be number one rhythm nation is number one okay and at number two is love will never do without you see but you know i want to put miss you much and then i want to put come back to me and then i want to put escapade and also <laughs> right <laughs> yeah i'm gonna be honest the order of the album was pretty right like 
you can just write them down from the album. The only thing I would say though is "Living in a World They Didn't Make" is the last song on that first half, so it should be at least in number six position or higher. It's possible that the author may have been given this assignment <laughs> and never heard it, never heard the album, <laughs> and just went through and listened to about thirty seconds of it. I mean, because you are a big fan of of Someday is Today and Lonely, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yes, yes, yes. Lonely is number eight on this list. And I listen, I will grant you that Lonely is probably, I mean, it definitely is a B-side, right? So I give you that it's not a single. Mm-hmm. It would not have made noise on the radio except for Midnight Love. But the harmonies, man. Have you heard the harmonies on Lonely? That makes it just... Just sonically, it's a stellar song. And I just don't even understand how you in good faith can sit down at your computer and type out this nonsense <laughs> and send it to your editor and they publish it with Lonely at number eight. I'm not laughing at you, but I'm just laughing at the fact that you got so much passion with this. <laughs> I don't even understand. And... I listened to the album because like when the day came around, so I'm just going to put it out there. I don't really listen to a lot of Janet Jackson daily unless the spirit moves me. And then I'll just go into like Janet Jackson mode. Uh But for, you know, for the anniversary, I was like, I am going to go old school and I'm going to listen to the album in order. Like we're not going to shuffle. We're going to listen to it the way Jimmy, Terry, and Janet intended for us to hear it. And I was like, this is the most perfectly sequenced album in all of the world. And it also kind of tells you how the song should be laying out. Now, State of the World is up front, and maybe it's not. It's Maybe it's it's not a number one, right? Like, it's it's probably in the right place, right? Like that's But that's probably the only one right. that should have slid. The rest of them, you should have just put them joints in order man and that's all she got to say about that <laughs> <laughs> you just you reminded me of one other tiny thing from the tour <laughs> <laughs> so i again i loved the flannel look i thought she first of all she just looked adorable but also um i just liked it i thought it was like an homage to the 90s um even though someone called her referred to her look as couch comfy I was like, what's wrong with that? I think it looks good. Um, But again, if we go back to the title of the show, this tribute to the 30th anniversary of Rhythm Nation, I really kind of expected to see not the same outfits because she never does the same outfits. Because, you know, we've always had different versions of the Rhythm Nation gear. Some were better than others. But I expected to see something closer to the original and I just don't know where that Count Chocula cape is. I don't I don't know what I don't know what that's supposed to be. I like capes. I like capes. I just don't see what it has to do with Rhythm Nation. I kind of agree. I would like to see her back into that do just one show where she's actually in, in that outfit. Because Janet still got a body. She was, and I know people would lose their mind. First of all, you said she still got a body. Like she was 140 shapes. When she was wearing that outfit, remember how many different sizes she was in 1989? <laughs> I know. It don't matter. What yeah, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> but I don't know why she won't just rock that one good time for us. Yeah. I mean, I know she's she's not one to repeat. I would think that if you were going to pay tribute, it would be a little closer than what we're getting. Since it is the celebration of the anniversary of it. Just this one time. Just this, just one, this time. one time occasion. Just come out there with it. Yeah, just one time. And then bring the key 
the earring with the key on it. People will lose their mind. I'm telling you. But she did. She had that key on. And was it State of the World? State of the World, she wore the key. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, like, those little touches mean something to people. Like, those little flares really mean something to people. And so I think if she just, if she just put that little 1814 bar on a hat or something, like, people would really appreciate that. Why'd you laugh at that? Because <laughs> I'm still laughing about the marble cake. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even eat it, but I'm just like, it is. Nice. You don't eat it because it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> no one likes marble cake. Uh, all right, take us into these 50 million remixes. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we did get about approximately 1,478 <laughs> <laughs> remixes from the Rhythm Nation era. Okay, it was closer to 90. But the point is, she's starting to release a lot of her catalog, um, a lot of her rare catalog in digital form, which we've never had access to before. So it was mm-hmm. pretty excited. It was like a Christmas morning treasure hunt. And there were some good things on there that you just... Now, nah, I'm not going to say you haven't heard in a long time because, like, I was excited to see uh, Skin Game, but I listen to Skin Game on YouTube. So it's like, it wasn't <laughs> like I hadn't heard it, right? It's just, it was nice to have access and be able to, like, put it on your device and have it on shuffle and all of that. It was nice to have that. What what on there, like, what was your fave? What were you excited about? I mean, I was excited about the remixes of All Right and um, Escapade, although I didn't need 20 million of them. <laughs> I was glad to to see him. <laughs> Listen, scrolling through love will never do. I had to take a break. My thumb was tired. I was like, I did not know there were 34 of these. <laughs> but at the bottom of that were some jams. My favorite release was the All Right 1814. It was on the All Right um, release, the 1814 Mega Mix. That was really yeah, that was nice. my jam. I kind of wish it had actually come out as a single. Like, I think they could have they could have owned radio for a solid year with that because it was everything you loved about the 90s that that one track had it they could have owned the year that had come out as a single so i really loved that and then of course there was a skin game and everyone's favorite song but i know people were really excited about you need me but i don't know if i wanted her to do so many remixes i guess for maybe the djs or people who want to you know do a mix but i was just like okay jenny i would have been happy with rhythm nation and then like three mixes of each song i mean following that there was a lot of press when jimmy mentioned that uh janet's got a new song coming and from my understanding it's the song that's going to be on jimmy and terry's release that has like Ann Nesby and some other folks. I think Snoop Dogg's going to be on there and a bunch of other people. So like we might get a new Janet song soon. But then I kept reading and it was like, he was like, we're not exactly finished with it. So I don't know, because I feel like they was talking about this song in like February. And here we are in like September and we're not exactly finished. He said it was a beautiful song. So I'm thinking slow jam. Slow jam. We could go for a slow jam. I'm excited. And it's really good oh, yeah. good news too because, you know, recently, I can't remember where I just recently read the article where Janet said that she's not making new music, but she's still creating things. Hmm. I need an album. <laughs> I need her and Rihanna just to drop something. <laughs> <laughs> listen, Rihanna says she's making makeup. She Listen, Rihanna sang... So says she could live her best life and do what she want to do. And that's what she wants to do is make makeup. But I'm trying to figure out like what Janet is creating. I I know what I want. Like really it could be up for grabs. Like some of y'all might get lucky and get them bras you wanted in 1999. Like they might be coming. I like I want a Broadway show. I want 
a movie. I want that documentary we've been filming for six years. Those are like, I hope something of that nature is is in the thing she's creating. Um, but also remember, she talked about producing movies. So maybe she's thinking about or, or doing something about that. So whatever it is, whatever she makes, I'm going to support it. I'm going to be simple. I'm a simple person to please. Give me an album. She already told you she ain't making no album. <laughs> Give me an EP. <laughs> Give me six she already songs. told you she's not making an album. She can give me six good songs. She, I know they can go in the vault and read. Got six songs in there. Yeah, they got six songs in their pocket. Go in the vault. Give me six good little songs. It could be I Get I get Lonely Part 3. Because <laughs> <laughs> you might as well go ahead and listen to them remixes. <laughs> Just give me something. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> in all of the Rhythm Nation frenzy, there was lots of talk about her in I guess the week before Rhythm Nation anniversary, the movie Hustlers came out. Have you seen that? I've been trying to go see it. I think I'm going to go see it tomorrow, actually. I got some time. Well, apparently, Janet is all up in and through that. From my understanding, she's in the opening. And I did watch the opening credits, thanks to uh, one member of the Jan fam, who shall remain nameless, but who clearly was recording in the movie theater <laughs> and posted it on Twitter. Um, so I did I did, I did watch the opening credits <laughs> and um, it was fine. Have you ever, I guess I don't, I'm not exactly certain I understand the frenzy. Like, have you ever gone to see something because of the soundtrack? Like, why is this exciting? I mean, I'm always excited to see Janet out there. So that's great. But like, I don't know if it would make me go see something. No, but I, well, I think it's just the fact that, you know, when you find out that the opening, well, I put it like this. Number one, the movie is actually getting pretty good buzz and reviews. And then when you find out that it's got Janet as the opening scene, of course, you're going to be just curious. So I think it's more curiosity than anything. Now, I've actually seen where Janet music has made me watch a movie because I remember we're trying, uh, watching Southside With You about Michelle and Barack's first date. Oh, yeah. That was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, of course, when he gets in the car, he plays Miss You Much. And I immediately go, okay, this might be good. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You're right. You just sold me because I remember having that exact moment, too, because that movie was not good. But I enjoyed, I enjoyed that portion. I was, like, trying to imagine. I was like, oh, that's awesome. Like, Janet was the soundtrack. We don't know if it was true or not. But, like, Janet could have been the soundtrack to Barack and, and Michelle's first date. Yeah. And then you was hoping they play another one because you was like hey they could have put it, this right here in Listen, there. <laughs> I think that was a slightly low budget they got what they could get <laughs> we can't afford but three songs <laughs> yeah 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 they have, but it was the, it was it was a beautifully made movie it was really I thought it was just gorgeous to look at and the soundtrack great like it really took you you really felt like you were in a day in their lives in like the late 80s early 90s think about it 80s and 90s if you ain't got a Janet track on it you ain't got a soundtrack <laughs> Yeah, this is true. This is true. It was really interesting. The, direct the director, Lorene Scafaria, says that that song was essential. Like she said that if she did not get clearance to use control, she didn't really know what she would have done um, when they were filming that movie. So I'm glad they got it, I guess. Uh, I'm glad that it's having such an impact that people are people are legitimately excited about it. Like, I don't recall very many movies where people talk this much about the music, where the movie wasn't about music. Speaking <laughs> of Weekend... I definitely <laughs> had an interesting weekend. I had a lesson in electronics 
got a new phone, couldn't remember my password, finally got into my social media <laughs> and what was trending <laughs> in the world of Janet Jackson. <laughs> we was talking about this tour jacket. <laughs> yes, the commemorative 30th anniversary Rhythm Nation bomber jacket. Thoughts? Well, <laughs> this jacket took up most of my weekend because it was like I don't know if it was the battle between the have and have nots but people was like I love you sis for $400 some people was like I got mine you better get yours and I was on the fence of if if I go without Jordans for four months and don't eat out I could get this jacket <laughs> Let me tell you, that was the best $400 I never spent. I had so much fun watching people t- talk about this jacket. People were crazy. And it was so funny to me because, like, I mean, I don't really have the pinion jacket. You know, I'm not a capitalist, but I understand marketplace worldviews and you charge what you think the market will bear. And she believes the market will bear $400. And it is commemorative. Right. And honestly, if you made it, you could put the price on to be whatever you want the price to be. Yes. And if people are willing to pay it, fine. So I don't have any feelings about it. I mean, I'm going to be getting a jacket because me and my mama, we allergic to wool. So I won't be, <laughs> I won't be getting a jacket. <laughs> Why you had to bring my AT in this? My AT didn't want no part of this. <laughs> We won't be getting a jacket. So <laughs> I was just there as a spectator. And, like, and you know what? You was a good spectator because every I'm trying to watch the football game. Everything beep. Like, did you see this? I'm reading the I'm, I'm reading the tweets in the in the comments and I'm just like Cause they were fun. I was like, Oh my god, it was so much fun. But it got serious. Like people were like, well, if you could buy an iPhone and you could buy this and that, you can get the jacket. It's all about how you feel the value of yes. the jacket. I'm peeing. <laughs> and I'm just like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there were some people who took the fun out of the room because people were just like heckling in good fun. Like we post this. We can't get this. But then there were people who were like trying to help people balance their budget. Like if you <laughs> If you buy Gucci and if you buy this and you buy that. And listen, I'm not saying people are wrong because it is about the value you assign to things. And if it's important to you, then I guess you'll save and you'll get that jacket if it's important to you. And because she made it, she could charge whatever she wants to charge. She stepped out and put them $50 million diamonds on sale during Unbreakable that obviously wasn't for some of us and just with this jacket that jacket is obviously not for some of us and that's fine but do you know do you think that Janet knew because I feel like Janet knew that the jacket was trending because all of a sudden as it began to die down there was a picture of Janet wearing the jacket in the mirror and I'm like listen I'm like girl I don't know if she knew or somebody on her team is definitely trolling us. And I was here for it, okay? Because when she was that jacket with all them different angles <laughs> in the mirror and like totally, I love how none of like the posts on social media or whatever said it made any mention of the price. That was my favorite part. And she might not even know. Like, she might not even have no idea what this jacket cost. Because people were saying they were able to get it at the stadium, like, to buy it on site for, like, 250 And, like, online is $400. And so, like, people are really trying to figure out, like, what's, what's that about? 
but she might not have any idea. But it was just too funny. Like every time I thought the jacket saga was over, here come a little ping. <laughs> IG or a ping <laughs> on Twitter about this jacket and then everybody would lose it again and boy oh boy oh boy I was having so much fun <laughs> and then let me be honest because you know I told you I was watching our Arsenio Hall clip throwback clip and then she gave him the jacket so I'm like mm-hmm. oh yeah, Arsenio got the original yes I remember watching I, the episode where he walked in and they were practicing the chair dance and she gave him the, the jacket and I was saying to myself oh that is a nice jacket it's nice and I remember then I really wanted that jacket I really wanted it and I kind of still want it now but you know I'm kind of against things that are not utilitarian like if I'm not gonna use it for something I don't normally just have things now Obviously, if she like signed a jacket or something. And that was the other thing I thought too. Like, she could probably just sell the jacket. Like, just sell the jacket for like 250 or whatever. Like, you know, it's nice, but pretty basic varsity jacket. Just sell it for like basic varsity jacket prices. But you could add value by like signing a few or um, putting a special patch on some or, you know, to take it up a notch, give people different tiers so you can get in where you fit in, right? Like you might get the Lexus, but you might have to get the entry level Lexus. You might not be able to get the $80,000 Lexus. So that would be one thing that I think would be cool if they could do some things where they tier some things so that she could still make bank. But also folks who really just want to be a part of it can have the opportunity to be a part of it in whatever way they can. You know what? You on a roll. <laughs> What first you compared a concert to marble cake and now you compare a jacket to different tiers of Alexis car yeah I'm just saying like I'm, I'm just saying you gotta try to give people options in the marketplace and one thing I would like like I'm starting to feel like this is becoming a shakedown like I <laughs> we should have right, tell me why it's Listen, a shakedown <laughs> I'm t- I'm tired. I just don't have no filter. Um, <laughs> and I started to feel this way with them albums <laughs> because <laughs> there was like a slow trickle of them albums. <laughs> and then, but it just would be the same thing again, but different. Like, here's Velvet Rope. And then three weeks from now, here's Velvet Rope, but red. I'm like, you're going to stop shaking this same tree. <laughs> You keep coming to the same well with these same products and emptying our pockets. And all I'm saying is offer some other things. Like I would love if there were some Janet branded things that weren't just plain merch. Give me something I could use. At this point, I'll take an 1814 spatula. Like give me something. <laughs> Not the spatula. I just want. Something that's not a t-shirt. I don't want to say with her face on it because her face is adorable. Just some other like beyond merch. I don't know what that looks like. Whatever it is. Like, I don't, I guess I don't know why she doesn't have a line of lipstick or something. Shoes. She loves tennis shoes. Why don't you have some gym shoes or just something we could use and be a part of it and still put some money in your pockets. But like, I don't need another version of Janet album. I already got three Rhythm Nation t-shirts. I don't know what to say. <laughs> and I love them. I, but I'm just saying that like, might be my threshold. Yeah, because you're not a t-shirt person. So the fact that you have three means something. Yeah. So, I mean, just whatever. Just. <sighs> well, all right. So now, now that all the hype about the jacket has died down, let me just be honest. Even though <laughs> I stay in the South. <laughs> 
where it's it's still 93 degrees lord it was 94 today i was so upset <laughs> if i would try to go to jamaica next year i probably would have done it it's a nice jacket it's a nice jacket i mean i paid 150 dollars for a michael jackson doll well it was right after he died i felt so bad because when they delivered it to me, it had an old TGY sticker that said nine ninety nine. Oh boy, they left they left the price tag on there to insult yes. you. <laughs> they, they, they shook me down. Um, but there was some other man. It got rowdy over the weekend. My new phone got more notifications <laughs> than ever. A couple weeks ago, we talked to Rodney Jr. from the Jam Fan Movement for the very first time. Big up. And I really enjoyed him. Like, I really enjoyed and really loved what he's trying to do yes. um, through his dance workshop. And so I was, like, all in trying to watch, like, what they were doing. And I was very surprised. I was watching um, IG story. Somebody was, like, posting kind of as it was happening and uh there was a surprise guest at the uh jam fam celebration so initially there was some confusion because people were like this person was spotted and they thought he was at the concert in san francisco but really he was at the jam fam movement 30th anniversary rhythm nation tribute in la i it was a really nice event and i didn't really think nothing about it and then i wake up the next morning girl girl can you go ahead and say the name <laughs> i was like wow so yeah so they had invited a panelist panel and former dancers so i think travis payne was there jimmy locust was there uh terry whose last name i can't remember but i call it girl terry no girl terry was there and also terry bixler and terry bixler had invited da, 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 renee elizondo uh janet's ex-husband that really got some folks riled up yeah. Now, I will say when I was watching it, I was very surprised to see him. I was very surprised. But when I was listening to him talk, you know, he was really just really effusive about Janet, like really complimentary and proud, but like proud in a way, like proud of her, but also, you know, proud of his contributions, obviously. But like he was really just kind of like laying it at her feet, like you know, everything she did, she did with the fans in mind and she she wanted to innovate, but it was all for you. And like he was really effusive about the fans, about the audience as well. And at one point, you know, he told Rodney Jr. that he's like, I came here today as a fan of like what you all are doing, you know, for dance and for the legacy and all of that stuff. And so I didn't really think too much more about it. But when I woke up, whoo. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, first of all, I was confused. I was one of the people that was confused. I was playing the game of where is Renee and where, why is he show why is he showing up? <laughs> because I just thought he fell off the earth. Um, but I'm gonna be honest because that's all I can be. I'm glad he was there because he did play a part. And you know, for the longest, I wouldn't even say his name. Yes, I know. <laughs> but if you remember, we had an interview with Snobby or Aaron, if he, uh, we can call him either. And he changed my point of view. So just pretty much told me, look, this guy, he really did a lot for Janet. And the stuff that he created and the stuff that his input actually created, you know, these classic albums or cds that we're listening to that shape my musical taste that shape my life and i can't take that away from him even though in my mind i think he was just slap your name on there but hey i wasn't in the studio i don't know mm -hmm. so 
I've since have changed my view of him. Right. And I'm glad because I got to give him his credit. And for him to be there, honestly, not try to take nothing away from her. In fact, give her more flowers. That's 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 big ups. That that's respect because he could have easily, if we've seen it before, before, turned the interview about him and he could have been like, you know, I did this or that. But instead, he made it about Janet and the fans. I like that. So I, I'm not mad. But there was some angry people. But I was not one of them. You know, and this is growth because you you have definitely turned a corner here. I am still the same. Like, I am about as Renee agnostic as you can be. Like, I'm not for or against. But I do think, and I don't know, like, we weren't there. Mm -hmm. All I can take her is her word for it. Because I remember when they first broke up and there was like all this noise, like, well, what did he really do anyways? And I I don't want to put words in Jimmy Dam's mouth, but I, I like feel like I read or heard where he made a comment like, I don't remember him, you know, in the studio with us. But I do think as time wore on and even Janet acknowledged that he, you know, he made significant contributions to that time in her career. And I do believe that because and I'm not a person who believes like, you know, because I think some people get sensitive about it because they think that people are saying that like he was her puppet master and all the genius that we saw come out of there was because of him and everything was so much better when he was there and then it fell apart when he left. And like, that's 1000 percent not true. But I do think he had a creative impact. Mm -hmm. And even as a kid, like when I remember uh, watching the Rhythm Nation short film and it said his name and it said creative consultant. And even as a kid, I was like, that sound made up. (laughs) Like that ain't no thing. (laughs) But she said over and over again that he helped to shape those albums and we have to take her word for it. And with that just being that, rightfully, even though they're not together, he should get mm-hmm. to celebrate the legacy too. And I think he did it the right way. Because again, when I, when I first saw him, I was like, ooh, Antenna is up. What is happening here? What is happening? You hit me up. You was like, girl. And I'm like, I <laughs> yeah, listen. I, and I didn't want to talk about it because, you know, we can't talk. But I was like, I just need you to see. You need to see what I see. I'm like, I know she know I'm watching this game. But you were just like, girl, <laughs> I need somebody to see this. But seriously, like, I got over it. Like, I started with like, whoa, buddy, what is happening? And then like within like two or three minutes of watching him, it had completely dispelled because I was the place he was coming from when he started. And it's funny because you said you like you thought he fell off the face of the earth. Well, for some reason, Facebook keeps trying to make him be my friend. Like he's always in my Facebook suggestions. <laughs> And I was like, okay, I don't know mm-hmm. how that happened, but okay. Um, but yeah, like I said, I don't have like I I really all I have is a great appreciation for what they created together, and a recognition that we'll never know what the <laughs> the magnitude of the contribution. But I do think it makes a difference, and I do think him being there made a difference, and I do think he contributed valuable ideas that gave us the greatness we have and could it have been great without him probably yeah but he was there and he did contribute and make and we got a great thing because of it and I think it's all a part of that mixture because that's just a team that's a crazy team like the creative ideas that came out of them just because they were in the space together and you know at the same time and just really vibing and working well to with each other that's a magic that happened we got what we got because of that particular team. And he was a part of it at that time. So what his contribution Mm -hmm. was, I don't think that's for us to debate, but I think we know Janet, the greatness that is Janet that was for and after, well, mostly after, 
But, the you know, she is who she is. And we know she controlled her destiny and she built the legacy and, and just she built this kind of queendom. He may have been the, the perfect hype man for her. You know, she goes into a meeting. Hey, you know, I don't know. Let me run this off you. And he may have been the person to go, yeah, stand up for what you want. Yeah, just do this. Maybe it been times she was tired on tour and she was like, I, I just need to give this up. Or, you know, maybe she was, he was just that person that was in her ear saying, you got this, you know, believe in yourself, trust in yourself. And this whole thing that. about behind every great man, there's a great woman. It's that, you know, like if you are, if you're a woman and you're having great success in the world, or if you're a man and you're having great success in the world, a lot of people contribute to that but especially your partner right there's a lot of things they got to do to either actually aid you like actually help you in your journey or just like take on some other responsibilities to keep stuff out of your way so you can do you can go and be great and we don't know what that contribution was but we know that Mm -hmm. there was one and for me none of that even matters it just matters that she acknowledges Mm -hmm. it she she Mm -hmm. acknowledged his contribution just want what she wants i'm here for janet (laughs) And to celebrate Janet's music. So if he wanted to do an interview, would you do it? <laughs> I think I would. Mm-mm, I wish you didn't ask me that because I don't know. Well, you know what? Let me take it back. Yes. 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 I would. Yeah. 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 Like I would, that would be a, that would actually, that would, that would be a lot of fun. I At first, when you first asked the question, I was like, mm, no about that. Um, But no, I think. It would be because like our goal is to like catalog for posterity, the legacy of Janet Jackson. And he is a part of that legacy. And so if I'm going to live up to what we said we're doing when we started this, then the answer has to be yes. Okay. Yeah. So like we have gone way too long and we need to get to our good friend. But before we go, I did want to do a shout out. JC's Musicology, um, John Cameron played, has an episode out now paying tribute to Rhythm Nation and its 30th anniversary. And he has several other Janet Jackson episodes. And I do believe there is a Michael Jackson episode or two where he does a deep dive into an album and just really explores the making of that album and all the things that kind of make it significant and special. And he just does such, like he's truly like a an audio documentarian. Like he really does a great job um, with any of the albums that he talks about. And so I just wanted to recognize that and to say thank you um, to John Cameron for it's a lot of work it's it's work to put together a podcast and and for him to put together one that is so thoroughly researched and just to do such a good job so just wanted to shout that out and encourage people that if you have not had the opportunity to check out either this very new one with Janet Jackson for Rhythm Nation or some of the previous other podcast episodes I would encourage you to do just that. Today, our guest is Mr. Eldrum Charles, business owner and hairstylist to the stars amongst many other talents. We asked Eldrum here because he is a tried and true Janet Jackson fan. Hey, Eldrum, we got a ton of questions for you about your love for Janet Jackson, but we want to first learn a little bit more about you. So your Twitter bio reads TV personality, the emperor of hair, author, philanthropist, um, author of, by the way, a memoir now available. We want to talk to you a little bit more about your book here in just a second, but I wanted to poke a little bit because, you know, Twitter bios are short and you've got to leave a lot out. What is something interesting about you that we wouldn't learn from your Twitter resume? 
Well, uh, my book is a memoir, by the way. So if you read my book, you'll find out everything about Elgin Charles, AKA Charles Elgin Williams, which is my surname, my government name. And uh, in my book, I truly come transparent. I open up and I let everybody know about the boy, the uh, growing up to the uh, man that I am today. And I share my story very openly but I felt that I needed to explain and share because I was tired of feeling hypocritical about who I am and what I'm all about. I think Janet kind of encouraged me when she wrote her book. So I took that into consideration. My book is kind of like Janet's. It's my true me. Like it's true you, it's true me. I told, told my story. And at this age in my life, I think it can help a lot of young people. So it's it's probably safe to say you have lived an adventurous life. You started your career in finance before becoming the emperor of hair. And since then, you've built basically a hair empire as the owner of the first and longest standing African-American salon in Beverly Hills. You started a rea- reality TV show and styled the likes of Joan Collins, Diane Carroll, Drew Barrymore, Serena Williams, Gabrielle Union, tons and tons more. Can you tell us about one of your most unbelievable life experiences, like a true pinch me, is this really happening moment? Well, you know, when you're in your 20s, those are the pinch me moments because this everything's new. Everything's fresh. And the pinch me moment is, is when Natalie Cole, I love her so much. I'm so sorry, Natalie Cole. She was a blessing to me. I love her so much. It has the same birthday as my dad, February 6th. When Natalie (laughs) uh, came and I started doing the hair and she invited me to accompany her and do her hair for the Academy Awards, it was a time when I think it was Faith Evans was supposed to sing a song and she couldn't do it. So they asked Natalie to step in and sing. And she invited me to come. And that was the time I had a chance to go to the Academy Awards, go, you know, into the dressing room, be there with her backstage and just experience the whole hoopla. That was a pinch me moment. So when I contacted you about chatting with us, it was right around the 4th of July. And you mentioned that you had recently spent an afternoon on the water with Janet's nephews. Can you say more about that um, specifically? Well, I can. Uh, I have a good friend, uh, Glodine White. She is the uh, wife of Barry White. And Glodine is a good friend of mine. I do her hair. I do her sister's hair. And, and I just love her. And we become good friends. And on the 4th of July, she goes out on the yacht and she uh, celebrates Barry's birthday. So we go out every year to celebrate. And uh, she's also good friends with uh, Hazel, which is uh, uh, was married to Jermaine and had three kids by him. Jermaine Jr. is the one, Jay, that I met on the boat. He comes and we were talking and he was just telling me, he said, man, I just want to thank you for all the support you've been giving me on Twitter with my family. We really appreciate it, man. You know, the love and all that. And I said to myself, oh, you're welcome, man, because I understand, you know, I understand the struggle and I understand fighting to, uh, you know, for your life and for your legacy and all that stuff. Absolutely. And I was going to ask you about that, too. So one of the things we know is like you go hard for Janet Jackson online. Um on Twitter, you not only voice your love and admiration for her, but you will put anybody in their place if they get out of pocket where Janet is concerned. Um, <laughs> one instance that sticks out <laughs> occurred 
Super Bowl, like 2018, um, during what we call Janet Jackson Appreciation Day. Um, some folks call it Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, but you got into a bit of a back and forth uh, with, I don't even like to say his name, but Michael Rappaport, um, who had some comments about her worthiness of the occasion. And he tweeted, amongst other things, can anybody crying for Janet Jackson right now tell me the last Janet Jackson song that was popping? Uh, and I'll skip the rest of what he said because it wasn't important. Um, but many in the Twitter sphere quickly put him in his place. Um, I wanted to ask you, what was it about his remarks that prompted you to get involved? And, and you spoke a little bit about your reason for the passion for defending Danny. But what was it about his remarks that prompted you to get involved? Well, I just think it's unfair for someone to attack a superstar, someone that has lived their life with such excellence and who have been a role model all their entire life. Janet's been on stage from as long as we all remember. And uh, that whole Super Bowl thing was there because she wanted to just continue to grow and be Janet. And then when that mishap happened and for them to attack her and make her be the fall guy for the whole thing, and now 10 years later, it's not even a big thing. It's like, oh my God, what? But back then, because of the FFC rules and all this stuff, they made her the escape go and they just did her so badly that when the guy came for her, I just thought it was something that I needed to do was to express my opinion and also let him know. Now, I must say your passion for Janet is like contagious. Like you just making me feel like a little kid again, listening to you talk about Janet. That's my girl. And she is strong and she is stronger today. And she has a, a little baby, Issa, who is about the same age as my grandbaby. Kaiden, and just to see them growing up makes me want to work harder to help preserve the earth and the uh, government and just just want to uh, support our black community because we are the salt of the earth, in my opinion. And that's why I like Janet, because she is just quiet about it. But when she comes out, it's always pristine. It's always done right. Everybody follows her. Everybody. Even Madonna back in the day. You know, everybody still from Janet. Everybody gets everything from Janet. I think it was Janet when she hooked up with Paula Abdul and all that. That's when it all came together and just changed everything. I mean, when Janet did a concert on TV, on HBO, everybody stopped to watch that concert. And I was one of them. I'm telling you the truth. I love Janet. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule and talking with us. Before we wrap things up, can you tell us a little bit more about how we can purchase your book? <laughs> well, thank you so much. And also uh, give me a chance to stay to say on uh, record how much I love Janet and how much I uh, appreciate her. And uh, I, I know I can't marry her, but I can always love her from afar. And I also want you guys to uh, really consider reading my book, by the way. It's, it's a really a, a, a good book, a man my age that has uh, spoken his truth and came and spoke about it in a way that is spiritually, uh, uh, spiritually enhancing, as well as uh, giving you an opportunity to know a person that has gone through the struggle and overcome. Now, you can get it on Amazon or you can go to my website at uh, elgincharles.com and order the book, and I will give you a uh, autographed copy. That's the only way you can get an autographed copy is if you go on my website, 
But if you order it through Amazon or anything like that, you can pick it up right away. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, that really is it for us for now. If you need more Janet Jackson, which we know you need more Janet Jackson, you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcast. And also, if you are already a subscriber of this podcast, please leave us a comment wherever you are listening. Your comments and likes help other people find us, especially on iTunes. Yes, please leave us a comment on iTunes if you can, even if you listen elsewhere. And tell a friend to follow us on social media at JJ Today Pod. We would love to hear from other fans. Our intro and outro music is provided by Good For You by THBD. It's licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 license. Well, 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 Cam, here we go again. <laughs> we recorded the first part of this show on September 25th. So everything prior to the credits was recorded already. We did not plan to record this morning, mm-hmm. September 28th. But due to some overnight developments, here we are again. I just want to say my Friday night of watching college football was interrupted by some panties. <laughs> I just don't. And you know what? You're, you're laughing, but I'm going to be honest. I was hurt. <laughs> like, my feelings were legit hurt when I saw the Pleasure Principle panties on the website. I'm sorry for laughing. I have to laugh. I just, and I want to say this too, because, you know, when we recorded a couple days ago, I, I went on like this whole diatribe about if your fave isn't doing the things that you want to do, then just ignore those things and cling to the things that you like. I feel like I'm supposed to be taking my own medicine. Like I prescribed that as a solution for, you know, if you weren't exactly happy every time something occurred. But I'm hurt. Like I just, <laughs> well... <laughs> The thing that got me was the fact that you was like, go to the website. I'm like, what? Go to the Jenny Jackson store and tell me what you see. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> She's selling $20 panties. <laughs> and they're not cute. $20 for these Hanes high top panties. <laughs> the panties going to go halfway up your back. They're going to touch your bra. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just I think that um, there are definitely been some decisions made on her behalf that she may not be fully aware of. And I did see somebody mention that, like, do anybody know if she approved this? Like, like maybe this was something that she's not aware of. But continue. Yeah, I saw Gil posted something on IG story. It said, like, this is not approved or whatever. And that's fine and dandy. But I guess my question is, why is the operation so loose mm-hmm. that something like this could get through? Like, if it wasn't approved or was approved, I'm not even really concerned about what the actual story is there. But the point is, someone had access mm-hmm. to do this and make mm-hmm. this decision on her behalf. Because for the longest, I was like, was, were they hacked? Because not only are the panties like unattractive, but like the photography was bad. They No one ran spell check. The sentence didn't make sense. Like it said, they were going to shore in four to six weeks instead of ship in four to six weeks. And while we on that topic, who was pre-ordering panties? Like this is not an album. 
this is not an album drop. Mm-mm. You trying to get us to buy Hanes six weeks in advance when I could go to the store right now and get a pack of Hanes for twenty dollars. Mm-hmm. Like I really struggled because it looked like they just slapped a label on something and called it something. Mm-hmm. And you know, mm-hmm. Janet worked in two thousand and eight or nine or whatever it was on that pleasure principle line, and she really worked. Like I remember her talking about you know, taking meetings with the designer over her lunch breaks when she was preparing for the tour. And like every day they were going over the look for the line. Mm-hmm. I remember that video where she was like fondling that woman's boobies, trying to demonstrate the lace and satin. It looked good. Right. And it looked like something you expect from Janet Jackson. As a fan, I was high key embarrassed. I kept checking like, okay, if it's a mistake, they're going to take it down. They're going to take it down. They're going to take it down. And mm-hmm. I woke up this morning. It's still there. This needs to come down. And so I just want, I just, I wonder if she's aware and if she's, if she's not aware, like, how do we help? Because this can't keep happening. Like I was literally mm-hmm. like, I wanted to go back and delete all my tweets because I was like, I just don't want anyone to find this. Like I want to pretend it never happened. Like I don't want any other fan base to know that this has occurred to our girl. I am disappointed because, but when you are a brand, it's not about how talented you are, really, to first say. It's not how big you are, you know, as far as charts. It's about your brand, the overall package of you. Now, I love the fact that she is out there and she's touring and she's selling merchandise. I have no problem with that. The problem is with Janet as a brand, when, like I think when Janet and Panties, I'm thinking anytime, any place. I'm thinking again, I'm thinking uh love whatever do without you what they did was put a pair of panties on a website and say twenty dollars we figure and it's like insulting our intelligence like because it's janet because it's pleasure principle which is a song that means so much to so many fans you gonna buy it automatically because it's janet they didn't try to make it look glamorous they didn't try to make it seem like you was getting something that's one of a kind entice me make me think this is worth me Pulling out my Capital One and buying this. You're right. It's just a certain carelessness with which her business is being tended to. And I don't know who is doing it or why. And I always assume positive intent. But for us, we always think about the brand. And I'm like, before you put something out there that might diminish her, just stop. Because the brand is stellar. Right. Also, one panty like one (laughs) that's all (laughs) 